0: o little town of bethlehem how still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent in Thee tonight. For Christ is born of Mary and gathered all above. While mortals sleep the angels keep their watch of wandering love. O morning stars together proclaim And peace to men on earth How silently, how silently The wondrous gift is given So God imparts to human hearts The blessings of His hand No ear may hear His come this world of sin souls will receive him still the dear christ enters in page number
1: 322 go tell it on the mountain
0: Go, tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go, tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. When I was a seeker, I sought both night and day. Showed me the way Go tell it on the mountain Over the hills and everywhere Go tell it on the mountain That Jesus Christ is born He made me a watchman Upon the city wall Born, while shepherds kept their watching O'er silent flocks by night Behold, throughout the heaven There shone a holy light Go tell it on the mountain Over the hills and every. That Jesus Christ is born. Twas in a humble manger that Jesus Christ was born. The God of all creation became a child that born. Go tell it on the mountain over the hills and The mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Amen. You may be seated.
1: We do have a good story to tell, don't we? Yep. Amen. More than he's just born, why he came. Amen. That's what we've been studying on Sunday mornings and looking at the reason why Jesus came and answering that question. And if you haven't been able to tune into those messages, I encourage you to do that. And because somebody may just ask you, why you celebrate Christmas? <laughs> you ought to be able to tell them. You ought to be able to tell them why Jesus came and, and be able to take them into scripture and show them why he came. And, and I tell you, he came to declare God unto us. He came to declare the gospel. Aren't you glad for the day that you heard the gospel? And somebody brought the gospel to you and made it change your life. What a blessing that is. It's good to have Brother Justin, and and he enjoys this time of the year, and we enjoy having him here. And so, Justin, you come and preach to us. Amen. Take your Bibles and go to Luke chapter number 16 tonight, Luke chapter number 16. I always enjoy this time of year. I like Christmas, don't y'all? I hope you're. I hope you're excited about Christmas, Carolyn, because I'm. I'm really excited about Christmas, Carolyn, and uh, I don't know if anybody else is excited about it, but I am. And uh, if y'all have problems seeing uh, Friday night, just. Uh all I'm just going to say is all you got to do is stand behind me and I will lead the way, all right? And, uh, no, anyhow, I'm just, I'm looking forward to Friday night, looking forward to uh, this time. I heard about three little boys, they were walking home from uh, Christmas uh, christmas uh, Cantata one night. So they come were walking back home, back to their neighborhood. And they were looking at each other thinking, okay. Said, I, I wonder what everybody thinks of this. And so one little boy looked at the other and said... Uh, what was your favorite song? And he said, Oh, he said, I like Joy to the World. He said, uh, You know, we talked about that, uh, We Three Kings of Orient are, and said something about something about Gold Frankenstein and myrrh, something like that. And uh, then the second boy said, Well, what was your favorite? He said, Well, my favorite was While Shepherds Are Washing Their Socks by Night. And then the third boy, he said, well, my favorite was Heart the Harry Angel Sings. And, uh, so they had a good time with that. I also heard about two little boys who found $10 out in the parking lot, church parking lot, and they were in there arguing over it. And the Sunday school teacher walked in, and he and the Sunday school teacher said, boys, what are y'all fussing and fighting over about? So, well, we found $10 and said, uh, whoever tells the biggest lie gets it. And he said, the teacher looked at him and said, well, when I was your age, I didn't know what a lie was. And both kids looked at each other said, nodded their head and handed the $10 bill to the teacher. And (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Luke chapter number 16. I'm preaching a message entitled this, The Reality of Hell, The Relaxation of the Saint. The reality of the hell, the relaxing, I guess you could say, of the heaven bound. We think about this day and time, we we think about our country, we think about our nation, we think about the nation of Israel and everything that's going on in our world. Ain't it amazing that we're more focused on the news than the good news? We're more focused on our duties than we are our desires. We're more focused on our job than our joys. I want you to look at something here in Luke chapter number 16 that I think is amazing. And I want to kind of just bring this out to you. And I hope it will be a blessing to you tonight. Luke chapter number 16, verse number 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. Desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table... Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom, the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. So that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from hence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets... Neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Let's pray, Father. I pray that you help us tonight, Lord. I pray God you use me as a mouthpiece, Lord, to get your message across. I pray, Lord, that you give us a desire, Lord. I pray God that you wake the Christians up today, Lord. So many times I understand we get busy, Lord, but sometimes we get so used to being around people, Lord, that we forget this spiritual need, Lord. We forget the things that. We're supposed to do only because of friendships, or because we work with somebody, or because we, uh, Lord, see them often. Lord, we sometimes forget the what we're called to do. Lord, I pray God you'll help us. Lord, I pray God you'll wake us up. I pray God you'll encourage us. Lord, touch our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Of course, you know, this story is uh, probably the more familiar story, if you will, in the Bible. In Luke chapter number 16, it speaks of uh, a certain uh, rich man. The Bible says there in verse number 19, I mean, it doesn't give a name. Uh, But you think about here in verse number 20 That there was a certain beggar named Lazarus They gave a name for him The Bible says he was laid at at his gate full of sores And I thought about this And I thought about this rich man And I thought about Lazarus And and you read down through here And you find out that uh, Lazarus is known by the rich man Lazarus is also known by his five brethren You say how do you know that he's known uh, among the five brethren brethren, well, if you just skip over there just for a minute and look at verse number 28, for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. They didn't have a copy of the word of God like that, like we have. But they had the Old Testament and, and we all know that the Old Testament points to Jesus Christ. Everything in the Bible points to the Lord Jesus Christ you can go all the way from Genesis all the way to Revelation you can find something about the Lord Jesus Christ you say what's in Genesis about God what's in Genesis about Jesus Christ well I'm glad you asked John chapter 1 verse number 1 says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the same was in the beginning with God all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. You say, well, that's not what it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You say, Brother Justin, what are you trying to say? He was there all the way from the day of creation. He's going to be there for all eternity, being King of kings and Lord of lords. But you think about this passage and you think about Exodus and you think about Leviticus Numbers Deuteronomy all the way through the Bible you can find the Lord Jesus Christ you can find things pointing to him there are prophecy after prophecy of him being born and there's prophecy after prophecy of him uh, coming to this earth all oh, for one reason and that was to seek and to save that which was lost according to uh, Luke chapter 19 and verse number 10 here in Luke chapter number 16, he said, listen, you go, he said, if, they, if, 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 if Lazarus goes back to them, they'll definitely repent. I wonder why he asked if Lazarus could go back. Well, if you look here in Luke chapter number 16 and starting verse number 1, now I really cannot prove this, but I want you to imagine for just a second, I want you to get the picture here. The Bible says in verse number one it says and he said unto his disciples there was a certain rich man. Well he said in verse number 19 there was a certain what? Rich man. I wonder if he's talking about the same man here. Which had a steward and the same was accused unto him that had wasted his goods. A beggar does not become a beggar In one day, he's probably worked for somebody, probably done something that he shouldn't have done, and now he's on the side of the road. And you think about this, and and I want you to just picture this, and I'm getting somewhere with this. The reason why I'm getting somewhere, I want you to think about this. Lazarus wouldn't come back to that gate every day if the rich man wasn't good to him. If a beggar knows exactly where he can get food every single day, he's going to go back. If he knows exactly he's been good, this rich man has probably been good to him. But you know what the sad thing about it is? Even though Lazarus sat at his gate, even though Lazarus was right there, even though Lazarus may have sat there, knew all five brethren, knew the rich man himself, he watched the rich man die and go to hell while he went to heaven. Ain't that a shame? Ain't that a shame and disgrace? How about this, friend? How about people that we come into contact at work? How about people that we come in contact at school? How about about people we come in contact at the grocery store? Oh, well, you know, I I see that person every day and and I talk to them every day and they, they seem kind to me. Even though somebody seems kind to you, it does not mean that they're saved. I know a lot of good people that are in hell. there's a lot of people that are in hell tonight that were good people, sat on the church pew, thought, thought, man, everything's great. I can, I can shake everybody's hand. I can do whatever I want to. I mean, the rich man, we know that the rich man probably helped Lazarus, probably helped him along and said, hey, go send Lazarus a little meal. <coughs> go send Lazarus a little something. Hey, take, that, take part of that steak and take that out to Lazarus. Give him a little something. But while the rich man was good to him, Lazarus never, as far as we read, never gave him the gospel. I wonder, could it be that maybe Lazarus lost his testimony with the rich man? Maybe after everything that's happened. I want to give you three points in consideration tonight. When each and every one of us, when each and every one of us, we see folks or we talk to folks Number one, notice, notice the position of those that are around us. You got the rich man. He's rich. He's got all the money he needs. If he wants a new car, he can have it. If he wants the nicest thing, all he's got to do is call Somebody. If he wants another garden built, all he's got to do is say, hey, hey, boys, go out there and get that, go out there and plow up a garden. All he's got, he's got everything that he needs except one thing the Lord Jesus Christ. You may have it all together tonight and still miss one piece. You may sit on a church pew and you've got it all together, and you're, keep, you're keeping it. You're keeping it like you're good. Everything's just fine. Oh, I go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, or Sunday afternoon, or whatever it is. And oh, I'm faithful, and I, I, I'm, I'm this, and I'm that, and, and I know everything. I know the Bible inside and out. I wonder if the rich man maybe knew some Bible verses. I wonder if the rich man had a copy of the Bible or the copy of the Old Testament sitting on a coffee table somewhere. The position of those that are around us, Lazarus, he was a poor man. The rich man cared more for Lazarus than Lazarus cared more for the rich man. The position. Think about this. The rich man had a position, if you will, he had a passion, he had a desire that a lot of people don't have in this day and hour. He wanted to see folks saved. Even though it was too late, even though he was in hell, I thought about this this past week, there are more spiritual people in hell than there are in the average church. Can I ask you a question? Who's on your prayer sheet tonight? Who are you praying for to get saved? Not, not just sitting there and saying, Lord, I, I know Brother So and so's got a sick or a, a broke ankle, and I, I know somebody uh, that's got this in their life, and I know somebody that's that got that in their life. But, church, can I ask you a question? How long is your prayer list for those that are lost? You say well brother Justin it don't matter Can I tell you something There are lost people in hell tonight They're burning for all eternity And they're wishing that somebody would go to their family yeah, yeah. While we sit on the church pew While we sit sit in our ease And we say well you know If they want to know anything about Christ They'll come to me Listen if you don't live a life of a Christian If you don't live a life of a born again individual Why in the world would they want to come talk to you Why would they want to come talk to me you say, Brother Justin, this rich man, he had something that the average church don't have. He had a burden for his family. I want to ask you this.
0: <coughs>
1: I want to ask you this. Could it be that the people in hell have, lost, have more of a vision for your family than you do? They don't want people to go to hell. They want people to stay away from it. See, I think the problem is we've lost the reality of hell. We've lost, uh, we've lost the sight of hell. How many of you have ever heard of the uh, famous preacher Jonathan Edwards? Oh, yeah. Y'all have heard the famous preacher Jonathan Edwards preach the sermon Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Yeah. Do you realize that he actually he 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 would it's been told that he actually could not he was not um, somebody that that was uh, very bold talking and, and looking at people. So what he did was he actually turned around and with his voice they didn't have microphones but with his voice he would just read through and he would read. They said that he had already preached it uh, two weeks before at the church that he had pastored or whatever. Had I traveled to and nobody came forward he said but the minute he turned around and started reaching uh, preaching that message he said people felt like they were feeling the flames of hell but you know what one man had a desire one man had a vision one man said hey I don't care what it cost me I read one time where a man uh, was heading to uh, to be executed. And somebody that, that had the preacher, if you will, he was following, and and, and he he was uh, following this man reading just a passage of scripture, and and he was just reading it very very poorly, like "For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life." For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world. And kept going through the verse. He said, Sir, <clears throat> what are you reading me? He said, John chapter 3, verse 16 and verse number 17. He said, If you really truly believe what you say, and if I really believed what, what I think you believe, he said, if, if England was glass, from one broken glass from one side to the other, he said, I would crawl on my hands and knees. On that glass, just to see one person come to know Christ. But yet we read, well, let me just give you the gospel. It ought not to be something that we're just doing. I was thinking about it the other day in regards to our words and things like that. You know, I think sometimes we don't think what we say think about what we're saying somebody says i love you what do you say automatically back Without even thinking you say i love you too right i mean that i mean that that's just i mean just an immediate answer somebody says thank you you say what you're welcome you don't even think about it it's just comes right up and i wonder i wonder if we could just bring up the gospel just in our brain just without thinking and we don't even think about what we're really saying we don't even think about Romans chapter number 6 verse number 23 where it says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We don't, we don't think about it. We're just so used to coming to church and hearing it preached every week, every week, every week, every week that we become silent and we become sleeping. Well, it's just another preacher. It's just another sermon. It's just a, they're reading the same verses. Listen, we ain't got nothing else to give other than the gospel. Think about this. You find the position. But then you find the appointed time for these two men. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter number 9 verse number 27 and it says, and it is appointed unto men once to die and after this the judgment. These two men had a death date. Had a death date. The Bible says the rich man well, the beggar died in verse number twenty two, and it came to pass that the beggar died, and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell. Friend, there's no such thing as purgatory. There's no such thing as I'm gonna pray you into heaven, I'm gonna try to get you there. There ain't no way. It is, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. These two had a death date. They didn't know when it was going to be. I heard about two boys. They had loved baseball from the very beginning. I mean, from the the very start of it, they were doing baseball. I mean, high school, got into college and went to pro or a professional, whatever it is, the major league, I guess. They, they got buddies, they became retirees, and they were all sitting there, and they were sitting there drinking a cup of coffee one night, and said Joe and Billy were sitting right beside each other, and Billy looked at Joe, and he said, uh, I want you to promise me something. He said, okay. He said, if you die before I do, and you get to heaven before I do, He said, I want you to find out if there's baseball in heaven. And if there is, I want you to come back and I want you to tell me. He said, okay. Joe lived about 15 years and then died. He went on up to heaven, came back, and woke Billy up right in the middle of the night. I mean, it was about 1 a.m. And about that time, he woke him up and he said, he said, Joe, what are you doing here? He said, well, Billy, he said, don't you remember? We made that promise to each other to find out if baseball was in heaven. He said, I'm coming to tell you. He said, well, well tell me. He said, well, I got some good news and I got some bad news. He said, well, what's the good news? He said, yes, there is baseball in heaven. He said, well, what's the bad news is? He said, they got you scheduled to pitch tomorrow night. <laughs> We all have a time. I was reading the other night, 29 year old, same age as I am, 29 year old, died. I read where a 7 year old was injured by a shooting. You don't know the day nor the hour. You don't know, I don't know, but here's the problem. We become so asleep and so accustomed to seeing our friends and our neighbors every day that we don't even think about them and their day and their hour. See, the rich man had a day and Lazarus had a day. But the rich man nor Lazarus were concerned about either day. Think about it. If Lazarus was concerned about the rich man and where he was going, he would have talked to the rich man about it. Think about it. And it could be maybe that the rich man even heard it from Lazarus, but yet Lazarus has lived such a life that the rich man don't even believe it anymore. You find the position of of those that are around us, you find the parting time of those that are around us, but then you find either the praise or the prayer of those that are around us. There's praise going on because guess what? Abraham and or Elijah is going into Abraham's bosom. He's all excited to make it to heaven. He's all excited to be there. He's all excited because he's he's not going to have to face the flames of hell. But you got the rich man. He's screaming on the top of his lungs Father Abraham, yeah. have mercy on me. And send Lazarus, said he, man, dip the tip of his finger in
0: water and cool
1: my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. Abraham told him, he said in verse 25, but Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things remember how good you had it on earth and likewise lies evil things but now he is comforted and thou art tormented the rich man had more of a burden for his family in hell can I ask you a question how much of a burden do you have for your family how much do you have a burden for your lost loved ones how much do you have a burden for those that you work with? How much do you have a burden for those that, that you don't know that well? I guarantee you this, when they die and go to hell, they're going to have a burden for those that are around you. Those that are around me. They're going to have a burden for their family, but you know what? It's going to be too late. It's going to be too late. We all have positions and we all have we all have things that we have but we've got to remember the appointed time that will either lead those to praying or lead those to praising. There was a preacher. He died and went to heaven along with a taxi driver. The taxi driver walked up and he said, he said, uh, St. Peter looked at him and said, come on back here and took him into a nice area in heaven and, and took him over there and showed him the greatest mansion you would ever find. He said, here's your keys. You're going to stay here. He said, well, thank you. He told that preacher, he said, stay right here while I deal with him. And he came back to the preacher and he said, he said, well, where am I staying at? He said, surely if the if the taxi driver got a big old mansion and said, I'm going to get one, I'm probably going to get something greater. So he took him to the trailer park side of heaven and said, here's your keys. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. The taxi driver got the biggest mansion that I've ever seen in my life and here I am getting a, getting a, getting a trailer? Why is that? He said, because while you were preaching, everybody was sleeping. While the taxi driver was driving, everybody was praying. I know we laugh at that, but can I ask you a question? How many of us are truly sleeping? How sad would it be for the world to look at us and say, I thought you were a Christian, why didn't you tell me about Christ? I thought you really said you were saved. I thought you went to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. What if we viewed everybody like they were gonna be thrown into the lake of fire tonight? There's a song that says, You never mentioned him to me. You knew you knew me day by day, but you never showed me the way. You never mentioned him to me while we sit comfortable in our churches there are people left and right dying every second every second while we're sitting here people slipping out into eternity and nobody expects that time to come your time may be between tonight and Sunday can I ask you a question what will you do with the time that you have if you're not saved tonight you better get saved Time is running out. You listen. You look at the news. You look at prophecy. There's nothing to be fulfilled. The next thing on God's calendar is God's coming back, Amen. the rapture of the church, Amen. and it could happen any any moment. It will happen. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm not one of these preachers that says I think it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Because God said, "Hey." When I go into heaven, I'm coming back to get you. That's right. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again. What God promises, He does always keep. He always does what He says He's going to do. But I wonder tonight, I wonder if you've got a burden for your family. I've often heard it said this, that the preacher's greatest ministry is his family. A preacher can be so busy at the church and a preacher can be so busy with ministry and yet if his family dies and goes to hell, what's, worth, what's the worth? Yeah. Yeah. How about your Sunday school class? How, how, how about your family as a Sunday school teacher? Are you, what are you doing to get the gospel to them? What, what are you doing to get the gospel to others? Have you become spiritually asleep? Well, we hear this same message over and over and over and over and over again. I think about it. God help us to wake up. God help us to wake up. There are people burning in hell right now, screaming in hell for somebody to get the gospel to their family. You know, it would scare us. It would scare us half to number one. It would scare us half to death. But then also number two, it would actually give us a desire to go. If God would just unveil hell for just one moment and let us hear the screams, you know why God doesn't do that? Because He gave us the ability to have faith to believe that that's happening. But sometimes, but sometimes our sight gets in the way of our faith. We look at our friends and we say, oh, I'll see them tomorrow. I'll just tell them again tomorrow. I'll tell them again tomorrow. I'll wait. I'll wait. But you know what? There comes a time. There's not going to be any more waiting. not going to be any more waiting. You're going to get a phone call. You're going to hear somebody say, did you know so-and-so passed away? I never forget our bus director at the church. He's gone to be with the Lord now, but he said he, he was talking to a young man on the, on the doorsteps at his house, went through the gospel. Somebody walked up. He said, I will be back at this same address Saturday morning at 1030 to tell you about the gospel. Friday night at about 7 o'clock, that boy got hit by a car. He left him the track and he said I want you to read this He said I don't know if the man read the track or not Only heaven would reveal All I'm saying church is It's time for us to wake up It's time for us to wake up There's going to be There's one day there's not going to be any more time left God's going to wipe away our tears One day and I'm thankful he's going to have He's going to do that Because after you watch it, people, person after person after person that you should have witnessed to, and person after person after person that I should have witnessed to, watch them hear the words, depart from me, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. And watch them be thrown into the lake of fire to burn forever and and ever and ever and ever and ever. And they could have escaped it had you told them. There's been many times I've walked off and I said, Lord, forgive me for not telling that person, but Lord, please send somebody to tell that person. While we're sitting here wondering, when are we going to be done with church? When are we going to get out? There are people out here saying, when is somebody going to tell me? When is somebody going to tell me? Have you become spiritually asleep tonight? Maybe it's time for you to come to this altar and say, Lord, I need you to give me a burden. You know, it's sad. Even Jonah was a preacher. He didn't even have a burden for Nineveh. The Jews didn't have a burden for the Samaritans. But yet God said, I need you to go to Jerusalem, Judea, and then where? Samaria. Samaria. And unto the uttermost parts of the earth. God sometimes calls us to people that we don't like. People that we don't want to go to. But that's who needs it most. Think about it. Where are you at tonight? The reality of hell. The relaxing of the heaven bound. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. Nobody looking around. Heads bowed and eyes closed. How many of you would say, Brother Justin, I know that 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 I know. If I died right now, I know 100% for sure that I'd go to heaven. Can you slip your hand up in testimony of that? You can put your hands down. How many of you would say, Brother Justin, I couldn't say that. Would you pray for me if that's you? Would you slip your hand up? I'm not saved. Pray for me, Brother Justin. Friend, I won't call you out. I won't embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Is there anybody like that? Anybody at all? I promise. I, I won't call you out. I just want to pray for you. Anybody at all? Pray for me, Brother Justin. I'm not saved. I that hand anybody else. I'm not saved, Brother Justin. Pray for me. Pray for me. Anybody else? In just a moment, we're going to play a hymn of invitation. We're all going to stand. I do want to ask you this. If you raised your hand and said you're not sure you're saved, would you come and let us take the Bible and show you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven? I have one more question for the Christian right before we pray. How many of you would say, Brother Justin, I've become spiritually asleep. Would you pray for me? If that's you, would you slip your hand up? I've become spiritually asleep. I see these hands. I want to ask you to do this tonight. When we give this invitation, would you come to this altar and give yourself anew and say, Lord, I want you to give me that desire again. I want you to give me that burden again. Lord, I want you to start putting people's names on my heart that I need to go reach. Lord, I I, I want to take more gospel tracks. I want to do this. I, I want to go all out for Jesus. God help us. If you're not saved, if you're not saved, would you come as we... I pray and as we stand in just a moment father we sure do love you lord We thank you for loving us lord we thank you for sending your son jesus to die for us lord We thank you for that gift of eternal life lord that comes through him lord lord you said in john chapter number 14 verse number six jesus saith unto him i am the way the truth and the life no man comes unto the father but by me so lord we ask you god that you'll help us Lord, I pray God you be with these Lord that have raised their hand. Lord, that are not saved. Lord, I pray God that they'll come forward and get that settled before it's too late. And Lord, those that are spiritually asleep, Lord, I pray God you help them, Lord, to make a move. Well, thank you, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand. With